Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Watershed Wellness Podcast. I'm Eric Gray, one of the owners of Watershed Wellness and a Chinese medicine practitioner here. This is another episode in the organ system series that we've been doing here on the podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the liver organ system. Now, we're talking about these organ systems from a Chinese medicine point of view, and there's plenty of information in the show notes to this episode to help you get oriented. The way that we look at organ systems in Chinese medicine is different from how bio, your biomedical doctor might look at organ systems. So if, you, if, the, if this is the first time that you're listening to one of these podcasts, do look at the show notes for this episode and, and make sure that you understand uh, what it is we're talking about here. I also wanted to let you know we're going to be shifting focus just a little bit. I'm going to be changing the orientation of these podcasts a little bit to be more relevant to patients. I, I'm, the, the previous two that I've recorded so far, I think, are, are relevant in many ways and all the information is just fine. But I want, I want to make sure that I'm focusing a bit more on things that I hear uh, in clinic questions that patients have, and especially on the types of things that we treat using these organ systems instead, you know, instead of focusing mostly on the symbolism and the sort of scholarly information. So, you know, always you can give me feedback about these episodes. Uh, just go to watershedwellnesspodcast.com if you have feedback. Uh, as to these changes or any other changes you'd like to see. Uh, one other change I am making too. The, the way that the Gregorian and the Chinese calendars uh, match up makes it so that each month in the Gregorian calendar, so like January, February, March, those months don't exactly match up with months on the, on the Chinese calendar that we're talking about. And so each month in our calendar, uh, the Gregorian calendar, is sort of half of one month and half of another. It's, it's, the point is, it's a little bit confusing. And I, I feel like I've made it a little unnecessarily confusing. So we're just going to assign each organ system to one month. And that is not an uncommon thing that's done when, when this material is discussed to the general public. So, uh, so again, if you've been following along with this podcast all along, you might notice that shift and we'll be doing it that way moving forward. So for instance, uh, we're going to associate the liver with January. And so uh, gallbladder, which we did last time, would be associated just with December. So that that's just one change that you might notice if you've been following along. So uh, let's get into the liver. So the liver organ system, let's just talk about it real quickly from a biomedical standpoint. So it's it's a very important organ. It's also a very large organ in the body. Uh, it's It's actually the largest solid organ in the body. Uh, it does blood filtration. It uh, breaks down toxins. So that a lot of folks know about that aspect of the liver. Uh, produces bile, which then gets stored in the gallbladder. It regulates things like blood clotting. It stores vitamins. It regulates the amino acids in the body. It helps to process glucose. It has immune functions. It's also a very regenerative organ. It can take a lot of damage and recover from that damage. So it's, it's an extremely important, very interesting organ. And, you know, there's specialists that focus just on that. And it's one of those organ systems that once you start reading about it, you, you kind of, it, at least I find it very fascinating. So in a, from a, 
you know, just to give you a Chinese medicine overview, the the liver. So in so there's 12 organ systems in Chinese medicine, as we've talked about, and some of those organs are we called solid organs. Some of them are hollow organs. Now the solid organs are the ones that are sort of talked about more. If you if you read if you pick up just the average book about Chinese medicine for lay lay people at your local bookstore, it's going to talk mostly about the solid organs and especially the five solid organs um, of liver, kidney, lung, heart, and spleen. So this is the first time that we're talking about one of those in this series because so far I've talked about two of the hollow organs just because of when I ended up starting. So it's one of the most important organs in the body. It's one of the kind of the five big ones that we talk about a lot. It's used, um, I would say, if you go into any average acupuncture treatment room in this country or in any country, probably a liver, a point on the liver channel is being needled. It's very, very, very frequently used. Uh, and that's part, partly speaks to how important it is. So from a Chinese medicine point of view, we're, we're just going to do a quick summary and then we'll break some of these things down. Um, it's, it's responsible for moving and regulating qi in the body. It's uh, responsible for storing blood. And remember, when we say the word blood, uh, you can kind of think of it with a capital B. That's a translation of a Chinese word. And that Chinese word, shui, actually relates to much more than just the red stuff that comes out of your veins. It, it relates to hormones. It relates to lots of other things. So like most concepts in Chinese medicine, it's kind of a both and, right? So it, it, it relates to the things that we think of in biomedicine, the things that we grew up learning about here in the United States, but it's also more than that, right? So so yes, the liver can store blood. Uh, it influences the strength and kind of the um, power of the tendons, uh, the sinews, as we say. It has uh, impacts on the eyes. Um, it has a lot to do with gynecology, which we'll talk about at the end of this podcast. Uh, it can also, just like in biomedicine, can be implicated in digestive issues, and really, when you get right down to it, by treating the liver, you can treat pretty much almost any type of problem in the in, in the body. So it's it's very important. So in biomedicine, in Chinese medicine, very important organ system. Really important to pay attention to. Really important to pay attention to its health as as a as a person who has one. So uh, so let's let's go through some bits of information. This is similar types of information we've been looking at in the other organ system podcasts. So uh, number one, let's talk about the channel. So we've talked so far uh, about the triple burner and the gallbladder channels uh, starting at the beginning of the series. Uh, th this channel has 14 points. It starts, so again, uh, you might just want to think this through with me or even kind of trace it with your hand. And there is a picture of it uh, on the liver organ system page that I've created on the Watership Wellness website. And that is linked in the show notes. So it starts at the outside edge of the big toe and it goes up between the big toe and the next one over. So this is your first and your second toes. The, the big toe is known as the first toe and then the next one over is the second toe. So it goes up between those two. And so a lot of you right now, if you've been into my treatment room and you actually kind of palpate, you know, press on that space, press on the space between those two toes, uh, up and down all the way up to where the bones come together and all the way down to the end near the toes. And you will find a sore spot and you will remember that I've needled that on you because I needle that point quite a bit. Uh, most people know this point. This is liver three. It's the, one of the points that is the most effective in clinic, uh, 
but it's also very irritating for for many people. So so it goes from there up to the inner ankle and it follows kind of the, that big bone in your leg there, the, the kind of shin on the lower leg, and it goes up into the inside of the knee, the inside of the thigh, crosses into the groin area, and then it comes up across the abdomen to the sides, and then it ends on the ribs and kind of the upper abdominal area there on the ribs. Um, so that's, that's the liver channel. It's kind of a, a relatively um, short one. I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's about average size, I guess I would say. Um, so the liver is a wood organ system, just like the gallbladder. So we already talked about wood a little bit. Um, and so just like we discussed there, uh, you know, and as I've mentioned before, the phase elements, there's five phase elements, right? Um, fire being one of them that's broken into kind of two. And each organ system is associated with one of these. And so each phase element has either two or four, depending on the situation. Uh, so it is associated with all these wood things. So, you know, the liver is associated with the things that that the gallbladder is. And, you know, so it's, it's interesting, right? Because the liver and the gallbladder are very closely united and they are both wood organ systems. So they, they have similar functions in this way and yet they're quite different, right? So, so wood things, what are those things? Springtime, the spring energy, you know, new plants coming up out of the earth, um, tendons, the color green, anger and irritation, um, the spring is an interesting symbol, I think, uh, because this is when everything's kind of growing and regenerating, and we think of the liver as being a growing and regenerating organ, right? So, so that's an interesting thing, and I like those things. I like those places where it really kind of makes intuitive sense, um, because it's well, first of all, as a person who had to learn Chinese medicine, it makes it easy to remember. But it also, uh, you know, I really do believe that if you pay attention to these things, uh, when if you pay attention to the beautiful uh, green of pl- new plants bursting through the earth in the springtime, it really does somehow, you know, energetically uh, build and soothe and support the liver. And, you know, same, same thing. If you think about the regenerative power of spring, if you think about how, no matter how deep and dark the winter is, those spring plants still come, uh, you know, it kind of can help your, yourself to, to feel that regenerative power, I think. So, so wood. So liver is associated with wood. Um, You'll remember uh, that we talked about the six confirmations, and this the six. We're not going to go. I'm not going to go deeply into the six confirmations, um, and I'm actually not going to go too deeply into this topic because, as as I mentioned, so there's six confirmations, and so there's two organs in each confirmation. So the liver uh, confirmation is called Jue Yin, which means reverting Yin. And it is the deepest layer of the body. It's the, it's the most interior of the confirmations. And it shares that confirmation with the pericardium. And so I'm actually going to go more into what Jueyin is when we talk about the pericardium, um, for reasons that you'll see. Um, that's not going to be until the fall. Uh, but, but, uh, Jue, I did write a little bit more about this on the liberal organ system page on the website. So if you want to read a bit more about it, um, check it out there. But just know that this is a connection, um, of the liver with the pericardium organ system. So they're united within this Jue Yin, this deep interior, um, aspect of the body. Um, then we can talk about, uh, the chapter eight of the Neijing, as we have been for each organ system. So, uh, in, in chapter eight of the Neijing, each organ system is discussed uh, and referred um, or related to uh, a sort of function in a society or in a government. And 
And the liver, um, in Unschuld's translation, it says, the liver is the official functioning as a general. Planning and deliberation originate in it. Um, so remember when I was discussing the gallbladder, um, I mentioned that we sometimes think of it as the field general, and that that's the one that takes the instructions from the general and then adapts them to current conditions. Um, you know, we talk about the gallbladder uh, being about decisions and judgments. So it's kind of the the gallbladder is kind of the more active of the pair, the the one that's responding to the situation on the ground. Here, and for the liver, we're talking about the general, um, and this the general is the one that makes these big plans based on strategic considerations. So, the, you know, the liver um, looks out at the whole, the whole system, the whole field, the whole body, and says, what's going on here? And then makes plans on the base, uh, on the basis of that. And so that, that kind of makes sense, right? When we're talking about how important the liver is, how central it is, how many different functions it, it has, how many different things it touches, um, that, that it really makes sense um, from the context of the liver. Um, you know, a general in Unschuld, the, this translator who translated in Aging, he, he says, a general in this context would generally command a large body of troops. And without the general's guidance, there is much disorder. So again, this just speaks to the centrality of this Oregon system within the context of Chinese medicine. So the general looks at all those resources, makes, you know, uh, ultimately makes the plan and says, okay, this is what we're going to do. And so, uh, so it's, it's just interesting to think about that relationship between the liver and the gallbladder, uh, the liver being about planning and deliberation and the gallbladder are being about decisions and judgments. So, you know, so, you know, you can take this in many directions. You can, you know, dig in and I've, I've, you know, there's teachers and colleagues I've, I've had who have taken this and really looked at biomedicine and looked at the functions of the liver and related them directly back to, to these um, aspects of chapter eight. But you can also think about it in terms of these functions in your life as a, as a human being. So, you know, liver being, you know, we do sometimes see very indecisive people as having uh, gallbladder deficiency and we'll treat people on that basis. And same thing too with the liver to some extent, if people really struggle with the planning process, if people struggle to figure out what to do with the resources in their lives, they, if they they really have difficulty having vision for their lives, then the liver might be a way to treat it. So that's that's interesting. So let's move on into the the organ clock information. So remember, the organ clock is this twelve part clock. Every organ system has a piece of that clock, and then there's all these twelve based bits of information that the Chinese associated with each organ system. And so we'll talk first about the time based pieces. So 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. is the time of the liver. Uh, now this, some of you are like, aha, because this is the thing that most people know about the organ clock. So between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. is a fairly common time for folks to wake up uh, if they have insomnia. And so very often people will come in and say, I wake up all the time at 2 a.m. What does that mean? Or they'll look it up online and, and ask Dr. Google what that means. And my my answer may be different than other Chinese medicine practitioners' answers. Uh, I actually don't usually treat that. I don't actually usually see that as related to the liver very much, and I don't find that treating it on the basis of the liver makes much difference. 
I think it's often because folks usually go to bed around 10 to 11 and that wake up is often a blood sugar thing. So there are biomedical reasons that that happens, um, can also be hormone level fluctuations, which yes, do have a relationship to the liver. But I just would say from a Chinese medicine perspective, I don't necessarily find that treating on the basis of the liver helps wake ups at 2 a.m. Uh, maybe your, uh, another practitioner would find it different. Um, but it's still interesting. It's still, it's usually the way that people become interested in the organ clock for their first time. So I can't fault that. Um, but let's think about this time. So this is deep, deep into the night, right? One to 3 a.m. Most everyone is asleep by now, unless you have insomnia, um, or unless you have a terrible work schedule. So it's about, it's about darkness. It's about sleep. It's about rest. I think that's pretty interesting because the liver is a very active organ system. It's very powerful. And I think actually what this makes me think of is that we need to sleep if we're going to have that power, right? Winter has to precede spring. You, you, if you want to have that power associated with the liver, you need to have that deep rest. You need to be asleep at one to three a.m. So if you're one of those folks, who likes to burn the midnight oil, stays up really late watching television or doing whatever, maybe consider whether or not you can change that sleep schedule. Now, I will say I totally understand. Not not everybody has the same exact circadian rhythm. Some people, all their lives, they've been night owls, and and that's not usually something that can be changed. But if you're a person who that's not necessarily kind of something deep-seated in your physiology, but just something that you do habitually or because you look at screens too late or whatever, then you know really think about whether or not you could start to move towards going to bed earlier, um, because this time is crucial for, for regeneration in the body. So uh, thinking about more of the month, so here we're talking about January, right? So January, of course, is the time of most New Year's, right? It's, the, it's our New Year. Um, many times the Chinese New Year falls in January, although not always. Um, so it's, you know, it's about renewal. It's about beginning again. It's about, it's about restarting. Um, so that's, that's interesting because again, the liver is about that as well. Um, I will also say that, you know, this is winter. And again, just like with the one to 3 a.m., this reminds us that winter has to precede spring, that we need to go into deep storage. We need to put our energy underground. We need to have, you know, that, that cold, that cessation of movement in order to have the power to burst forth in spring. Um, sometimes, especially here on the North Coast, we will see the first little inklings of spring around this time. Uh, we've had a couple days recently that are kind of like, oh, interesting. You know, it's, it's like some plants are starting to come up a little bit. There's some buds forming. And you, you can feel that spring is on its way. Our days start to get a little longer, right? So kind of spring is in the air, although we all know that <laughs> we've got plenty of rain and cold to come. Um, but it, it, you know, it's, I do think it's, it's, it gives us a little hope, right? That's the point of New Year's celebrations to some extent is to remind us, okay, winter's not going to go on forever, but we do, we do need the winter. So. So I thought, I thought that's pretty interesting. One other little piece of information I haven't talked about, uh, in the previous organ systems is every one of the organ systems is associated with a special piece of information in, in Chinese philosophy called, uh, earthly branch. 
And we don't need to get into earthly branches, but uh, to make these branches, which are a little bit more abstract, uh, more understandable, more relatable, they are associated with animals. So this is where the animal zodiac that we are all pretty familiar with uh, comes into play. And so the liver organ system is associated with the ox. Uh, and so I, I think that's pretty interesting because well, the ox, of course, is an important draft animal. It's an important animal uh, and was an important animal in ancient China uh, for helping with field work uh, and, of course, with sort of transportation of materials. It's a str very strong animal, uh, incredibly devoted to its duties. Uh, and so it is associated in kind of, you know, Chinese philosophy with, with power, with diligence, uh, with uh, the capacity, like stamina, with the capacity to keep going and to to push forward. And so I think this is a, a fitting animal uh, representative for the liver. And it is something I do think about when when people are needing a lot of extra energy to push through an obstacle, whether that's emotional or physical or, you know, going into a surgery, perhaps, or entering into a major illness, you know, just received a diagnosis, that they're really going to need that liver strength, you know, and so I do, I do think about that. Um, from time to time in, in treatment. So interesting stuff. So that's, that's all the information about the organ clock. If, if there is a little bit more information about that stuff, uh, on the, the page for this podcast. Uh, but I want to finish up today, uh, talking about a system or a, a, a group of diseases, uh, that we commonly treat with the liver, and that is gynecological disorders. So gynecology in general is often associated with the liver organ system in Chinese medicine. Uh, and I would say that this relates to pretty, uh, the liver relates to pretty much any issue of menstruation, including, uh, light or absent periods, including heavier painful periods, including PMS, including endometriosis, PC, even PCOS to some extent. Um, and then, you know, going beyond strictly gynecology, um, problems also associated with conception, gestation, birth, and, and then to some extent also menopause, although it has other factors as well. Uh, I'm always very surprised when patients come in for something, you know, uh, your average patient comes to my clinic for pain generally. And so let's say somebody comes in for neck pain or whatever, back pain, and, and this person has gynecological concerns and they've never heard that Chinese medicine can treat gynecological concerns. And I'm always shocked because it's the very first thing I learned about in, in school. I actually, strangely, I, I didn't even think about Chinese medicine and acupuncture being used for pain until a little bit into my, uh, my education. I actually was attracted to it initially. Uh, not for gynecological concerns, but for internal medicine concerns. And so I'm always really surprised because Chinese medicine, Chinese herbs and acupuncture are incredible at treating gynecological con concerns. Um, so, you know, I, I, I want to talk just a little bit more about this. Um, so one of the things I haven't uh, talked very much about is the way that uh, Chinese medicine talks about the body in ways that doesn't relate to the organ systems or isn't just about the organ systems. So, you know, we have 12 organ systems. Those do a lot of work for us. But there's other things as well. There's other tissues, other substances. Uh, one substance you may have heard of is qi. Uh, 
it's not really a substance. It's actually a terrible word to use, but uh, we'll we'll go with it. Um, also, blood, right? And as I mentioned, blood, uh, just like chi is a concept far beyond its normal translation as energy, which is just a f- sort of silly translation. But blood also is much more than than just the word blood. And and you know, this is the problem with translation. Chi- Chinese characters are first of all symbolic. And they, they have a deep, uh, they often have a historical context. They have layers of meaning that, that have been, uh, placed and utilized. And, you know, that one character can be used in an astonishing number of ways as different parts of speech. And, you know, through, through history, through thousands of years of history, the word has taken on different meanings. And, you know, it's combined with different characters and means different things. And so these words, when we try to translate them into a single modern English word, it just does not work very well. But we have to, right? We have to do something. Um, often, uh, to be honest, as Chinese medicine practitioners, we usually don't translate these words. Like I don't, when I'm talking about qi to another Chinese medicine practitioner, I do not say energy. Okay. I do say qi because we know what that means, right? I mean, even though we would be hard pressed to explain it, uh, the, the truth is, you know, that we often don't translate those words. Um, but blood is often we use the word blood and it's just understood that it means more than that. Um, and so when we're doing a diagnosis in Chinese medicine, we will say something like this person has liver blood deficiency or this person has a liver qi stagnation. That is one type of diagnosis that's done. And uh, the liver in particular is associated with liver qi stagnation, liver blood stagnation, and liver blood deficiency. So those are three common sort of standard diagnoses that involve the liver. Um, so, uh, you know, for instance, let's, uh, let's just talk about a common experience that I treat, uh, like having, having cramping before or during a period. So, Let's say that the pulse and the other signs and symptoms point me in the direction of the liver, and I think to myself, this is this is a liver liver problem. So this is kind of how it might proceed is like this. So uh, if the symptoms are fairly mild, if the, the especially if a patient is younger, um, if the bleeding is not super heavy or not super clotted, um, if the person has some digestive concerns that go along with their period. Um, that's, it's very likely then to, to be diagnosed as liver chi stagnation, uh, or sometimes called liver chi constraint. And, and if that was the diagnosis, we might use points like liver three, that one on the foot I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast. And then we might use herbs that move, uh, the, the liver chi, like, uh, chai hu, which is, uh, bupleurum chinensis, a very interesting and very commonly used herb. Um, but then on the other hand, so, so same kind of concern, right? Um, it's just cramping before the period, but the pain is quite severe, even like stabbing, even to the point where the person can't really get out of bed for a couple of days. They're just really taken out by it. Um, or if the bleeding itself is very dark uh, and difficult and there's lots of clotting, then we might think more of liver blood stasis. So that, that's, that's another diagnosis, uh, through the liver organ system that you know, it's related to the liver, but it's related to a different function of the liver, a different part of the liver from a Chinese medicine perspective. And so we still might actually use liver three. So that's a very adaptable point, which is why it's used so often. But we might throw in other blood moving points um, that are on other channels like spleen six um, or, you know, there's lots, there's tons. And 
and we'd be more likely to use different herbs. We might still use chai hu, bluplurum, the one I just used, but we might also use uh, herbs like um, baishao, uh, peony root, or mudan pea, tree peony root, or uh, taoren, uh peach kernel. So, you know, I'm being kind of simplistic here intentionally, but the, the point is to see that, well, first of all, the, the big point here is just that Chinese medicine is incredible for, for all kinds of gynecological problems. Really, I mean, nearly anything related to that, that part of the human system uh, can be treated. And that very, very often the liver is kind of the center of that treatment. Not always. Of course, there are cases where that is not, not true. And as I've mentioned many times, there are lots and lots of different ways of practicing Chinese medicine. And some folks look at things in an entirely different way. And to be entirely honest, I will usually talk about jue yin, not liver. Um, but as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, jue yin is one of the ways, um, one of the layers of information associated with the liver. So, so it's, it's just a different way of saying a, a similar thing. Um, so that's one point. It's just that the liver is great for these conditions. So if you are listening to this and whether you see me or not, if you have a condition like this that has not yet been addressed through Chinese medicine, give it a try. It's, it can be astonishingly helpful. Um, the other point is just to say that this is, I'm just kind of giving you some in, information about Chinese medicine diagnosis and treatment, which is there's not just one way of using the liver even to treat the same symptom. So depending on its severity, depending on what other symptoms come along with it, depending on the patient's body condition, um, depending on many things, the we might use the liver, but a different aspect of the liver, liver chi, liver blood, uh, liver yin, liver yang, all these different things. So, you know, that just gives you kind of a window into kind of the complexity of, of Chinese medicine diagnosis and treatment. And, you know, even though we're using a, a word like liver, don't, don't forget that we're talking about something that's broader than, than the biomedical liver that, you know, hangs out on the right side of your upper abdomen. Um, so, so I hope, I hope this is all interesting. Again, go to watershedwellnesspodcast.com if you have questions about this podcast or any of the podcasts, or if you'd like to hear something more, um, or something different about these organ systems. I'm always happy to adapt in, in the future and even re-record podcasts, uh, or add extra information at the end, um, to, to suit the questions that I'm getting. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening and for joining me here on the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, please go ahead and share this podcast with others if, if you found it helpful. And I'll look forward to talking to you next time.